Hello and welcome to an early edition of the Win Daily Show. We are talking PGA. We have the U.S. Open out on gorgeous, sunny Wingfoot Golf Club. Let's see if Phil can hit the grandstand again. I got Sia. I got Joel with me. Sia, how you doing tonight, buddy? I'm good, man. I got to say, before we even get started, whether it's PGA or NFL or baseball or NBA, I mean, I can't say every week is awesome for us because that's not how sports and sports betting and DFS work. But holy cow, if you don't know already, like just go to the Wind Daily Sports at Wind Daily Sports on Twitter, for example, um, and you're going to see a lot of green screens. And I hate to be like super cheesy about it, but it's really impressive. You know, Jason winning twenty five thousand. You know, I want a ton of money. I'm talking NFL, but in PGA, I want a ton of money too. Not just with DFS, but my matchups, which I did put in Discord. I put some of them in Discord. Um, we're just rolling. I even on Saturday morning, I put something on uh, Stewart Sink at, at 29 to one. No it wasn't way. a huge amount, but you know, it netted me a pretty decent payday. I mean, just everything was clicking. So I'm hoping that sort of transitions into this weekend because I think we have a pretty good read on this one too. I like that a lot. Yeah, I saw that Stuart Sink thing come through and I was like, I think he was the one person I actually recognized in the field last week. Unfortunately, didn't even say his name, though. Uh, Joel, how you doing, buddy? Tell me tell me some good stuff about NFL. Do you win a lot of money? Yeah, I'm excited. I had, I actually did. I had a good week in the NFL. Something that was bizarre. If, I don't know if you guys saw this. The over under for Clyde Edwards Hilaire's rushing yards going into the, the game on Thursday night was 49 and a half. So... To say the least, I put a significant chunk of change on that, and I cashed on a significant chunk of change. So I had a good week, regardless of what happened after that. That was I was like, that's an easy over under. Um, but NFL is just fun, right? It's fun to be back. Like that's what everyone's talking about. You notice, like sites like ours, one thing, but like if you look anywhere on the internet, everyone is like so NFL content, mm-hmm. content, content, pushing, pushing, pushing. So um, that's kind of like taking over everything. So it's nice to kind of get out of that and get back into the golf this week. And don't and- worry. We have a lot of that NFL content, though. Yeah. I promise you that. See you. I was also going to say, for anybody listening right now or on the podcast, we actually have a, a nice NFL show for you tomorrow. We're actually bringing on a guest. Uh, Deep Dive Fantasy Football is going to come on with us, and uh, we're going to break down. Michael, obviously, you're going to be on the show, so you know this. We're going to break down basically the against the spread ATS, but we're also going to dive into some DFS plays from each of the games and kind of what to stack, what not to stack. And of course we're going to do that on Sirius XM um, this Saturday night as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so we got a lot of NFL and the 80 model from Nick. I mean, there's so much coming, but I know this is a golf show, but for all those people who, I mean, obviously some golf fans are doing the NFL stuff and vice versa. So we, um, we have it coming from all sides. And fortunately right now, we're kind of crushing it. So please kind of yes. dial in, pay attention, subscribe, get into Discord, read the articles. Um, it's it's really a good time. And that Washington football team, man, that Washington football team. I got to love it. And also just a comment over here, Sky 840 telling us that our good friend Austin from Windaily has been crushing it as well. I don't know if you noticed. I think he's been like 7 or 8-0 and oh with his soccer bets since the restart of soccer a couple days ago. So if anyone's trying to tail somebody uh, that's making a lot of money, we have the people over here to do it. I think that's you know, very important. Yes. Can I say something in response to that, um, specifically to uh, S Guy 840 So 
What's really cool is some of these sort of fringe sports that don't get a lot of attention mm -hmm. paid to them have the greatest edge, particularly from a sports betting and DFS standpoint. So that's one thing to keep in mind. Like with Wind Daily Sports, we're not just doing like the main sports like NBA, MLB, NFL, golf, NHL. No, we're doing a lot more than that, whether it's esports or soccer or kind of you name it. We're, we're sort of on top of it and we have the articles and we have the writers, whether they're in Discord or producing it. So the reason I bring all that up is you know, when you get into betting, just betting the fun sports is probably not the way to go. Like, mm -hmm. feel free to do that. But it's really the sports that are going to be as bankable as possible. I'll give you an example. My most profitable sports and part of the reason I am a PGA writer is golf and baseball. Michael, you know this. I don't even really like baseball. You you text I, me probably every night. You're like, how do you feel about this bullpen? And I was like, uh, they're pretty good. And I should just probably ask you who you're betting because clearly I'm not winning as much as you. So I don't know what well, the hell I'm doing here. Well, that's the thing. And I do reach out to people like you when I need it because there are certain like niche things that, that on any given day I might not know. For example, the extent to which the bullpen was used the day before and stuff like that. But I mean, baseball is so profitable and it's not really a sport I like to watch unless I have money on it. So mm -hmm. sort of to that point, Part of the reason to go to Wind Daily, it's not just to get the NFL content and the 80 model from at six picks and, and all of those things that we offer. It's for everything. If you really want to make money, you got to figure out where the edge is. And the good news is we sort of do that for you. And that this S guy bringing up Austin is a really good example of that. Yes, Austin's been hammering his picks. Joel, what do you got? Yeah, I was going to touch on the psychology of that a little bit with, with Sia in that, you know, I think a lot of times like things like football, we're so invested in football. Mm -hmm. And there's so much content coming out and lines get moved that, um, you know, it's hard to come off those things. And that happens even with golf a little bit where you get so invested in certain guys and you kind of get tied to them. Whereas I think like CM made a really good point when you start getting into betting on a sport that you don't have any ties to. Right. It allows you to be way more objective and just say, here's the numbers that I'm looking for. Here's what I want to bet. I don't care. Like, I don't need to worry about the fact that you know, Bubba Watson's so volatile that it's, I can't ever bet on him again, even though he might have a good week. I, I'm just so burned by him the last four weeks. I'm never going to touch him again, right? Not being the biggest fan of this sport actually can help you in gambling. Absolutely. Fan is short for fanatic, man. I, I'm going to let my emotions, they're going to take over every time, yeah. whether I want them to or not. So I think that part's very important. And yes, we have the numbers and it's about the process, whether it is sports betting, whether it is DFS, it's understanding the process. You're not going to be right every time. I think that's how Sia opened up the show, but you will be right more often than not if your process is right, if your discipline is good, and if your structure is correct. And we believe over here at WindailySports.com that we do that. And we can show it by having a lot of our subscribers make a lot of money. Sia makes a lot of money. I won a couple bucks on the 80 model and all those prop bets. That was an absolute blast. Sweating that Aaron Rodgers one didn't last very long. I think it was like <laughs> through the halftime, he, he already had like 230 yards. I was like, I'm crossing my fingers for 26 more. Obviously, we crushed that there. But we are here. I know it doesn't seem like it, but we're here to talk about the U.S. Open. Um, so we have a PGA major in September, which doesn't feel like it's supposed to happen, but we're here. Uh, we have another one in November, I think, as well. The Masters are going to be in November, which I'm just excited to see what that looks like. It looks gorgeous in March. I'm curious what it looks like in November or April. I'm sorry, but. How excited, Sia, let's start with you. How excited are you for just this weird and wacky? We got NFL week two. We got NBA playoffs are on right now as we speak. We have NHL playoffs on. Baseball's winding down. I mean, this is, I know we waited so long for sports, but man, this is friggin' awesome. So when it comes to golf, uh, it's really interesting because the FedEx Cup playoffs, which started last week with the Safeway Open, 
the FedEx Cup playoffs comprise, I, I believe, unless I'm misquoting this, 50 events. So, so in, in a year's time. So mm-hmm. that sort of gives you an idea of how much just from a golf standpoint, how much golf we're going to see. I mean, forget about the fact that NFL and NBA and MLB and NHL are all going as well. Like if you're a golf fan, I mean, it's it's overload time. You are getting golf pretty much every single weekend with the exception of maybe maybe a week in November or December. I'm not really sure when the break is going to be, but it's nonstop. And, and that's good news for me, frankly. It's good news for, I mean, just for fun, but it's also good news for bank accounts too. So that's, that's pretty cool because again, uh, so let's let's just make sure we're clear with Win Daily. We have the sports betting angle, and we have the daily fantasy sports mm-hmm. angle. And I'll be perfectly honest with you, I think I'm good at both, but I think I'm a lot better at the sports betting angle because I'm hitting those at a rate that like I've sort of never hit them before, and it's at a rate that I don't know that anybody else has ever hit before. So it's just one of those things. I'm 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 excited for the sports betting plus the daily fantasy side. We got a lot of it. Joel Howard. And I know Joel's, by the way, sorry, Joel's the one that's hitting six figures. So I'm not trying to be like Mr. Show off here. Like you're like, all I'm saying is that there's so much opportunity and and Joel is a really good evidence of that because he only dove into golf, you know, five, six months ago, I think. So uh, this is an exciting time. Joel. I mean, yeah, you're new to golf. Is this cool? I guess have the U S open second week of the NFL season. It's awesome. I think the the coolest thing about it, and I think one thing for from a fan perspective and and from a gambling perspective that stands out to me, especially this week, following last week, is this is a big deal. This is a, this is a bowl game, if you will, mm-hmm. um, for golf. Whereas last week was like the opposite, right? It was a preseason game. It was an exhibition game, and DraftKings felt that way too, right? So if you look at the tournaments on DraftKings, they were so JV. They were like mm-hmm. the biggest prize pool was like two hundred k, like. There weren't great tournaments, and like I honestly didn't play all that much last week because I was like, not great prize pools, a weird field. So I was like, I kind of got out of last week a little bit, you know, not seeing what, what I love. But now we're back, right? The lights are on. This is a ball game, right? Every single big golfer is out there, plus guys that like from other tours are coming over to play in this tournament. So this means a lot to everyone. It's just a different vibe, and these are the ones that we get excited for, right? So now you're going to see every fun tournament DraftKings has the offers available so like now it's going to get where you get your juices flowing where you get excited and it gives us plenty of time to make some more money to invest more into the nfl on sunday <laughs> that's right invest more money use that bankroll build that bankroll take that money invest more and win with us all right let's let's jump into it um you know we know dustin johnson won that fedex uh fedex cup dude made a lot of money in just a couple days so shout out to him uh he is up at the top here john rom is up here as well those guys are above 11k or 11k and higher a couple other guys in this 10k range see i'll start with you of this high price range i mean last week we barely had any names in the tournament we were looking at guys that are normally 6k and they're priced at 9k this one looks a little bit more um normal if i may Uh, this one looks like a little bit more of a normal tournament and i'm excited to see a little bit so how much are we paying attention to playing winged foot in, you know, the middle of September? That doesn't really happen too often. You know, how how different is this U.S. Open, do you think, going to be compared to some of these other ones, especially now with everything that's involved? Oh, this is going to be probably the hardest U.S. Open that, that I can remember. I mean, the greens are going to be fast. It's, it's just going to play very fast. And my understanding is that they're growing out the rough. They'll probably trim the rough one more time mm-hmm. before Thursday. But regardless, if if you're off the narrow, it's already a narrow fairway. If you're off the fairway, like and you're in like the second cut, for example, like you're pretty much in trouble. So it 
to answer your question, it's going to play faster, which means it's going to play harder, but it's hard anyway. So it doesn't really matter what month you're in. It's going to play hard. It just happens to be in a month where it's probably going to play even a little bit harder than that. And so how do you feel about this top tier of uh, top tier of golfers uh, just to jump right into the DFS side of it? Yeah, you know, I got to really be selective here because this isn't really the tier that's going to be my primary focus. So mm-hmm. I'm just going to go with John Rahm. Uh, he's so good off the tee. He's really good on approach, although sometimes to the extent he has a weakness, sometimes he can be a little erratic on approach. But also, and this is a little narrative building, but, you know, John Rahm two years ago had a temperament that really wasn't really suited for hard courses in particular because he he just was one of those guys that, you know, things would get to him like most golfers, but they got to John Rahm maybe a little bit more. But what I've noticed this year, particularly since after the, the, the restart, Uh, things have been pretty calm for him. You know, he's able to take a couple bad shots, which you're going to have here, a couple troubling shots, and really kind of he's been able to sort of rebound mentally, uh, and he doesn't seem to affect him as much. So, again, I know that's sort of narrative building a little bit, but considering his overall game and the fact that that was a knock I would have had on him maybe a year ago, I like him. I don't think DJ is going to come back and be the same DJ. I don't think it's I don't think it's possible to come back after how good he's playing and then winning fifteen million dollars and then maintain whatever intensity DJ. You know, obviously he's not exactly Mister Intense, but I just see him falling off a little bit. And then if we're talking about the other four golfers, I know Xander and Colin are going to be really popular, but I'm just not on them because in this tier you got to you got to pick somebody. I know Xander's going to be really popular. I know Colin's going to be really popular. I'll go with John Rahm. I love it. I love it. I'm sure you'll have a couple shares of those other guys, obviously. I mean, it's hard to fade, especially what Colin Morikawa did the PGA only a couple, what, a month ago now? Um, Dude's been electric, hopefully. I mean, two for two. Why not, right? Two for two. That'd be a lot of fun. How about you, Joel? How do you feel about this top tier? Yeah, so the interesting statistic that I'm thinking about for for this tournament is there hasn't really been a professional PGA tournament here in a long time, almost 15 years. So because of that, you can't really go off course history. Mm-hmm. However, it's widely known and accepted this is going to play like a very difficult course. And there is something to tracking. Like some guys play better on difficult courses than others, right? So that's kind of what I'm replace, replacing my course history with is, you know, who's playing the best on these difficult courses. So with that being said, if you guys remember how uh, it was about a month ago, a month and a half, uh, the Memorial Tournament, the one that I got, you know, gypped with Ron with the chip, mm-hmm. the whole thing was playing extremely hard and Rom won the tournament. Uh, so Rom has shown recently that he's doing really well on these difficult courses. So for that reason, I'm with Sia. I like Rom this week. I think he is, he's a good target and he's been consistent. Even if he is not winning the tournament, he's right at the top over the last few tournaments. So he's definitely going to be someone I'm going to have some good exposure to this week. And the other, there's the other two guys in this range that I'm looking at. One is really just to be different. I think the exposure is down. Uh, it's Rory. Um, if this course does fit him, you're going to want to be long, and you, you guys know as well as anybody that Rory can really drive it out there, and he's got long iron. So if he is clicking, this course fits, suits him really well, and his exposure for a typical Rory McIlroy exposure is going to be lower. So if you can get who is normally the best golfer in the world, maybe now he's top five, whatever, um, at a lower than normal ownership, that's something I would feel good about going into this tournament, especially in this gigantic field where there's going to be a lot of guys out there you're going to want to need to get different. Um, and the last guy in this range I like, I like a lot is Justin Thomas. So, uh, there's a story that was going around that I was on him now for like a month going to this tournament. Like I was like, play Justin Thomas at the open. There's a story going around that him and Tiger took a trip here. 
like a month ago to like scout it out because that's all they were focused on was winning this tournament. So just knowing that, like they've been so focused on this months ago and now it's just finally coming to fruition. Um, get y'all juiced up about him, right? Something you, you got to like. So awesome exposure to, to JT as well. I like that. That's that's the narrative we like to build right here. Him and Tiger going up to Wingfoot to scope out the place. Does it get any does it get any better than that? I like the <laughs> l- little story going around the internet there. That's fantastic. Joel, I'll stick with you here. Uh, only a couple guys in that 9k range it looks like. How do you feel? I mean, Bryson was the the hottest thing on planet Earth coming out into the the restart. Uh, I guess his muscles deflated. Maybe he stopped <laughs> drinking Mike's special stuff. I don't know what it is going, but how do you feel about him and the rest of these guys in the 9K range? Yeah, so you're, you're right. I mean, he came out from the restart red hot, and he's fallen off. So, you know, he's one of those guys where if the stars align for him, this course should on paper suit him really well. The problem is, and, and as C was alluding to in the in the opening, if you're not as as well as long here, if you're not accurate, you're mm-hmm. the rough is is dreadful. So you're going to get all over the place. You're not going to be able to score well. So the thing with 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 Bryson is he'll often be able to you know drive him out there 400 yards, but be in the rough. But that's fine because he's so much further than everyone. He can recover from that. Here, I don't know if he'll be able to recover. So. Um, I'm probably not gonna have too much price, and I did want to talk about him because I think his game does suit this course well. Uh, but I just I haven't seen the form, um, and I think you know his ability to, or his tendency to spray into the the rough is gonna hurt him a lot here. To be honest, this range the only guy I'm really maybe two guys I'm targeting. I do like Matsuyama, so I will be playing a good share of him. His form is good. Um, as is normal, you know the one stat to look is strokes gained on approach, which is typically always something to look at, but. I guess when you look at the deeper statistics, that's what especially is zoned in on for this course, which he's been crushing. So the advanced metrics are definitely in his favor. And uh, I just – I can't get away from Daniel Berger, right? He's been too good. And it's like one of those things where it's like if you don't mention him, it's like being disrespectful. Like if he's going to keep producing, you got to keep bringing him up. Yeah, it's crazy. He's 9,200. Um, I don't know. That's just weird to me. I don't get it. See, how about you? Uh, first, how do you feel about Bryson? And then how do you feel about the rest of this 9K range? So you know who Bryson is, Michael and Joel? Bryson is the embodiment of the Philadelphia 76ers. Oh, Michael, wow. I don't know if you remember oh, when. Goodness. So we have we have our show on Sirius. And when the restart, excuse me, not the restart, when the bubble in the NBA was going to happen, you know, people were talking about the Milwaukee Bucks. And then somebody might throw in the Celtics, maybe the Heat, maybe the Raptors. And then there would be that guy, right? That would be like, oh, what about the Philadelphia 76ers? But. Every time they brought up the Philadelphia 76ers, they said, well, if this and if that. So I ended up calling them the Philadelphia ifs and maybes for like the rest of the three or four weeks we were talking about. But here's the point. When Joel just brought them up, he's like, and he's right, like on paper, if his Mm -hmm. game comes together, as soon as on a course like this, as soon as we start dropping an if or maybe if this, like that's when you know you can cut a guy out of your your roster, essentially. And so that's what Bryson is. Like, does he have potential? Yes, just like the Sixers had potential. Is he going to put his game together? No, just like the Sixers didn't put their game together. So, you know, if you're playing the Millie Maker and you want to take a shot with one lineup with Bryson and Rory to be different because they're both under 10%, that's awesome. Like I I'd absolutely endorse that as one of your five or six lineups in the Millie maker. But outside of that, I have no interest in Bryson. I love it. Yeah. I mean, just the fact that you were able to rope in the 76ers and disparage Philadelphia. I mean, right You're to welcome. my heart. See it right to my yeah. heart. I appreciate you so much. This is why I love you. 
This is why I love you. All right. Now we, I guess we can talk about the rest of the 9K range. Because, yeah, what's with Daniel Berger? Why is he so cheap? Why doesn't this guy get the respect that he deserves? It's a good question. Maybe because he's not invited to the Masters yet, which is weird. But, okay, so the guys I like, I do like Berger quite a bit. And and the reasons Joel kind of covered. By the way, this is a preferred putting surface for Daniel Berger. He's really good on these bent grass poa mixed green. So that's going to favor him quite a bit. Uh, I like Webb Simpson. So Webb Simpson is one of those guys that's not very long, which – will hurt you here because you, you'd like to be long, but you'd also like to be straight. So we've sort of alluded that to like a few times. Like accuracy is probably more important than like, I shouldn't say probably, it definitely is. So even though he's going to be short and he's going to have to be like delivering on super long irons to the green, which is going to be tough in and of itself, I'd rather a guy that's doing that than a guy that's chipping out of the rough, you know, to, to get to a safe spot so then he can use a maybe a shorter iron to the green. So I like Webb Simpson a lot. Um, his approach game is fantastic. And of the 9K guys, that's probably it. I, I like Webb. I don't like Cantley. I like Daniel Berger. And I, I don't mind Hideki at all, actually. I, so far in the lineups I've built, I don't have any of him. But I'll probably have a couple shares of him. And I, I probably won't be on Tony Finau. And that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, Hideki did some stuff uh, a couple weekends ago, if I'm not mistaken. He uh, he started to get pretty hot. So mm -hmm. making a run at that 15 mil. Can't really blame him there. So that's our 9K range, obviously. So now let's get down to this... 8k range a little bit got a little tommy fleetwood some jason day mr woods is there i guess i have to ask joel are we putting a lot of money i mean if we're we're building those narratives for jt i mean we're gonna build the same ones for tiger woods right so because of that narrative i'm gonna have tiger in a few lineups but no i'm not gonna have a heavy exposure to him i will not be recommending any bets on tiger anymore that ship has sailed uh however you know like i said and like we always say with dfs it's about a player pool Mm -hmm. um, and Tiger is going to sneak his way. It's like one of the lowest players on my player pool. Low ownership, but I will have a couple because there is the ability for him to, you know, again, like Bryson, except for Tiger has 82 championships. So mm -hmm. he gets the, he's accomplished it. So he's there. <laughs> um, this, this course fits him well, right? He has those long irons. Um, his actually injuries haven't been a factor. So the last three or four tournaments he's played, his health has held up. So that's not the issue. It's just him getting consistent with the putter. I'm um, putting together four rounds. So, um, you know, he's taking this tournament seriously. He's been, like I said, he came here a month ago to kind of test it out. So uh, for that reason, I, I do think he's in it. Uh, but again, I, I just don't love him at this stage in his career anymore. Yeah. I like I like Tommy Fleetwood a lot. Oh, just um, one, one quick thing before we move off Tiger. I'm just going to ask you to promise me right now that you have one lineup with JT and with Tiger in it. Is that cool? It's not only do I already have it, it was the first lineup I built. All right, we're good to go. Anyway, moving moving on. Thank you, Joel. Um, and you know what? If that lineup ends up winning us a lot of money, that's gonna wait till next Tuesday. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> um, but back back to to this range. I like Tommy Fleetwood a lot. I apologize in advance. I forget the name of the tournament. It was was it like the it was either like the Portugal Masters or there was like another country's Masters last week that he played in. It was a You're European right. it was tour. The, it was the Portugal Masters. Port Portugal Masters. Yeah. Um, that he finished third. And his and the problem with him in the US the last couple months or so was his his ball striking was poor. And so it was hard to kind of attack him or go after him in, in these tournaments because if he's not striking the ball well, it's hard to really tar target him. He finished with the best ball striking stats that he's had in a long time. So if that means he's coming around from that angle, then he's in form. And could it be a better time for him to come into form now? Now, keep in mind, the tournament, the Portugal Masters is not the same field that he's going to see here. It's completely different. 
But, you know, ball striking, that doesn't really in comparing against himself, right? It's not against the other people. So he got third, right? He did almost as much as he could do in that tournament, and, and the numbers are showing. So I actually like Tommy Fleetwood a lot this week. I'm, I'm definitely going to have a good amount of exposure to him. Um, another guy, I actually like this range a lot, and, and just for lineup building purposes, this is one of those weeks where I'm going to try and play very little people in the 6,000 range and try and make it as balanced as I can in the seven 8,000s or get as many guys as I can in that range. So this is a, 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 a area that I'm going to be heavily targeting. Uh, and, and Jason Day is one of them. Jason Day has come along over the last two months. Uh, he's playing really well. And, and back to what I was saying before, I'm going off of how you play tough courses. And Jason Day has played really well on tough courses. So this should fit his game. Like he, he tends to avoid bogeys well. And even though, as we all know, to win DraftKings, it's the guys who get the most birdies, there aren't going to be a lot of birdies to have, right? So if, I wouldn't necessarily target those Ryan Palmers as I normally would because those birdie opportunities won't be as available as they normally are. So this is almost more try and get as many top 15 guys as you can, because that will be an easier way or a better way to score well in a drafting tournament. And Jason Day is certainly someone that will do that. Um, other than that, in this range, I, I do like Tyrell Hatton. Uh, if you guys know early on, he, he makes every cut. Like I think he missed one cut this year total. Um, and he usually is, he gets a lot of top 10. He cooled off a bit over the last month or so, but he was still playing well, and if you notice, during like round three and four, the last tournament he played, and he really picked it up. So he started slow, but then he came around. So I think his form is really strong, and I just think he's uh, DraftKings is continually underpricing him. He feels like someone that should be closer to nine thousand than eight. Um, so for that reason, he's a, he's a good bargain for your lineups. I like that. I like that a lot. See, how about you in this uh, this eight K range? First, I got to ask so, Tiger. Go ahead. Uh, no, not really. Mm, you know, yeah. Tiger Woods will be a showdown play for me. Pro probably, mm. you know, lately what I've been doing is one or two showdown lineups on a Thursday, actually, and maybe, uh, maybe one on a Friday. And then I do a lot more on, on Saturday or Sunday, but Tiger might be a guy with like a Tony fee now, and maybe a Terrell Hatton who, who I don't necessarily, I don't, I totally like, to I like Hatton. But I just don't like him this week for some reason. He does play tough golf courses quite well, It's which is interesting because he doesn't really have the temperament to play tough golf courses. So it's kind of a little dichotomy there. But uh, OK, so Tiger Woods, uh, is that who you asked about? Yeah, Tiger Woods. No, not really. I, I might have a couple shares, but uh, not really. Um, so let's start with Tommy Fleetwood. Fleetwood, I kind of like he has been kind of a disaster. The good news for what building off what Joel was saying is he got to third place because of an amazing Sunday. I think Sunday, this is just last weekend of the Portugal Masters, he might have shot like seven under or something like that. So if we're talking about good form and like recency, like that was literally a few days ago where it seems as though he has dialed in his 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 game altogether because you don't shoot seven under. I don't care who the competition is. You, you don't shoot seven under unless you're kind of dialed in. So I might have a couple shares, but I'll tell you, I'm focused on Jason Day quite a bit. I, I think Jason Day is sort of like the perfect GPP play for a couple reasons. One, he, he does play tough courses hard, which was evidenced by his fourth place at the PGA Championship. And two, he's coming off two very ho-hum performances. So that's going to keep his ownership down. Right now, I'm looking at his ownership. It's well under 10%. Even if, if it creeps up to 10%, that's way better than, like let's say, a Terrell Hatton, who's over 20% right now. Because, you know, these guys like Hatton, you know, people are starting to talk about him. And they just he, he just gets into lineups because that's how it works. You know, so I like Hatton, but, you know, at, at 8,100 and almost 22%, it's like, 
okay, I don't mind using him um, in a single entry or a three max, but I probably would avoid him in like a, a big GPP personally. The other guy I like in this range, and the only other guy I like in this range that I'll, I'll have a lot of, I should say, is Adam Scott. I think Adam Scott has been pretty good. If you remember, and this is featured in my article on windailysports.com, I featured Jason Day and Adam Scott because Scott came back the latest of all the people from the restart. I mean, he he waited, I think, till the PGA Championship. He's played three tournaments. He did fine at the PGA. The next two, he was he was pretty good. But considering the, the amount of time that he waited, uh, he's played pretty well. And I think he's going to be ready. This is the type of golf course that I want a guy with pedigree, a guy that's been tested, a guy that's won big tournaments before. And so Adam Scott fits all of that. I like Day better than Scott, but I like them both. Fit in the bill. That's what we got to get. That's what we have to figure it out. And I like the way you guys have both been kind of talking, you know, Joel specifically saying, you know, hey, there's not that many birdie opportunities. That's one thing. That's why we love Ryan Palmer. We love to see that minus six. Hate to see that plus six, but then we love to see the minus six the next day. That's how we're scoring a lot of points in DFS golf because, Nine birdies and nine bogeys is way better than 18 pars. And I think that part's important. But in this course, as you both have alluded to, it's going to be very difficult. So all those birdie opportunities are not going to be there. So we're just shooting for the moon. We're trying to get as many guys in that top 10, top 20, top 15 that we can. So that way we can make a lot of money. Um, So that means we will still have a secret weapon. Now, of course, you have to find that in Discord. 6K, under 5% owned. See, it hits it every week. You, You know about it by now. That's why you're listening. You know exactly what we're going to talk about. But... Before we get to the 6K range, we do get to go to the 7K range. A couple guys here. Gary Woodland, my goodness, he dropped like a rock. Abraham answered down here. Matt Wolf, Louis Ustazen. How do you guys feel? See, I'll start with you. How do you feel about this six, uh, 7K range? Because uh, a lot of guys, we know a lot of these guys because we play them every week pretty much. A lot of good guys in this range. And like Joel said, if you were going to build your lineups with a bunch of 7 and 8K guys exclusively, I wouldn't really have a huge problem with that. If you wanted to throw in a 9K guy with some 8 and 7s and no 10K guy, I wouldn't really have a problem with it either. You know, that's why when we talked about the elite range, I really only mentioned Rom because I don't want to force the idea that, oh, you got to pick one of these two or three elite guys and put them in every lineup because you don't need to do that. And golf since the restart has sort of borne that out. Yes, you have your DJs that are winning tournaments and and your Justin Thomases that might, you know, be finishing high. But, you know, you also have a lot of these guys that are, finishing really poorly, like your Rory's and your Bryson's. And, and any given Thursday through Sunday, you can have these guys fall. So in this range, there's, there's a lot to like. I do like Harris English. I'll note that he's approaching like 20% ownership. And he does tend to fade late in tournaments. Recently, he's been pretty good. But if we're talking about finishing position, I don't love Harris English there. And so if he's going to be chalky and I don't love him in that sort of finishing department, yeah. I'll probably be mostly off of him. I do like Paul Casey right under him at 7,900. I don't really like answer that much. He grades out really well, but I just don't think he's been that good in the last, I don't know, two months. So I think he's going to be pretty popular, but um, he might be a guy to might be a guy to take in a showdown. I might have in a couple lineups, but I'm not as big on answer as I normally am. I like Matthew Wolf a lot. Talk about hard courses. He was fourth at the PGA. I think he was 16th at the BMW. He's just he's just been really good. And and if we're talking about that trio of, you know, former rookies of, of you know, mm-hmm. Morikawa and Wolf and Hovland, you know, you're getting a really good bargain at 7,700. Uh, the, the one thing to watch out for him is around the green game is going to be really important. He's not very good there. By the way, neither is Paul Casey. So uh, particularly with the putter, Casey can be cold. But, you know, that just sort of 
you can't be good at everything because if you were good at everything in this range, you'd be in the 10,000 yeah, range, right? Exactly. So the only other guys in the 7K got, um, range I like, and I'll be quick here, I like Louie. He's good on tough courses, and he's been particularly good lately, particularly on approach and off the tee, which he isn't normally. Um, Sung JM, I think, is worth taking a flyer on. And as usual, I'll be on Brendan Todd. As usual, you stole it right out of Joel's mouth, it looks like. All right, Joel, who do you got for the 7K range? I know you're using a lot of these guys. Yeah, I, I'm definitely using a lot of these guys, so I don't want to spend too long on each one. I'll just kind of list them out, but I will say, see, you and I are pretty aligned here. I like a lot of the same guys you are. Matthew Wolf is actually one of my favorite plays of the week. Um, I'm probably going to put a little bit on him to win the whole tournament. Um, like you said, he's playing well in these tough courses, and he's kind of outperforming his expectations every week. So at this point, I just think he is a mid-80s golfer, 80-ranged golfer, right? He should just be there, and now you're just getting a discount. Um, and I do. I think he can win this tournament. Um, I think it suits his game well. Uh, and, and I think he's 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 one of those guys that is – I think he's better than Hovland and, and some of those other young guys. I think he's the creme of the crap there, and I think he's ready to, to kind of win a major. And, and once he has his name on a major, then I think his price will start raising and we'll start seeing him in, those, in the higher tier. So I'm really high on, on Wolf this week. I'm also pretty high on Gary Woodland. Um, the reason I really like Woodland, his form has been bad. All right, so I'll come out and say that first. He has not been playing well. I think the last time it was he actually kind of fell apart. I remember watching him because he was playing well. It was at the Memorial Tournament. He started off hot. First round he played well. Second round he fell apart, and he has never been the same since. Like since the second round of the Memorial Tournament, he's just been kind of bad, 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 bad. The reason why I'm going back to him though is this: he's got experience at these types of U.S. Opens. He's won one before. Um, where he does well in these types of tournaments. So, you know, that is something. And there's something to that, right? Like, you know, guys perform well under the big lights. Some guys do, and some guys kind of crumble. And I think Gary Willen's a guy that's going to come to play under the lights. Like, this is a big tournament. He's going to get up for it. And the course suits his game, right? He's going to drive the ball really long. Uh, as long as he puts it together, this should, he's, this should suit him really well. So, when you start looking at GPPs in the perfect lineup, getting a guy like Gary Woodland who, like, no one would be shocked if Gary Woodland finished in the top five at 7,800, that's how you're going to win a tournament. So from a tournament-building perspective, I love him a lot this week. Um, I also like Kevin Kisner and Louis O. Uh, I refuse to say Louis O because I'm going to put his name and it's embarrassing, but um, <laughs> he's, he's, he's playing really well. So, like, it's this is one of those things where, like, all things are starting to com combine at once for him this week where – uh, he plays well on tough courses. Check. He his game is pretty long, which is suited for this course. Check. He's in form. He's playing well currently. Check. So nothing is telling me not to play him, right? So if everything is aligning to playing him this week, then yeah, let's go play him. So he's another one of those guys where I'll I'll probably bring him up again at the end of the show. Not only will I have him in some lineups, but um, I'll be looking at him for some top twenty, top thirty bets as well. Um, Kind of scrolling down a little bit further here, I think Sung JM, kind of same same take on him as Sia. Not someone I'm going to have too much exposure to because he's kind of been hit or miss. However, he is beginning of the year, he was like one of the best golfers on tour, you know, finishing top 10, top 10, top 10. Since the restart, he hasn't been. But over the last three or four tournaments, he's been much better. So it's almost like he's coming back into that beginning of the year form. And just so you guys know, if this tournament was on – whatever, uh, March something, so he would have been priced in the 9,000s, yeah. at least in the high eights. So just we're getting this to go recently pricing, which is good. And those are the types of guys that help you win these tournaments is like 
this is a guy whose pedigree is better than the price tag. So uh, for that reason, he'll be someone I'll have in, in a lot of my tournament lineups. As I was going on, I really like Brendan Todd, and, and I think the reason um, is a lot of what what Sia was was laying out earlier. This is a course where you're going to need to be in a lot of fairways um, because once you start getting into the rough, you're going to start crumbling and start going three over. And once you start doing that, you kind of it's mental and the whole thing just kind of ra- unravels from there. And uh, Brandon Todd's really accurate. He's really accurate off the tee. He should be able to avoid um, the rough. And I think like you don't like I said before, he doesn't need to shoot 20 under to win this week, right? If he can just stay around par for four days. That's going to be pretty close to winning this tournament. So for that reason, I, I really like Todd. He's going to keep himself out of trouble. I love the it. last guy in this range. Oh. I want to mention before before we, we cut it off is um, Alex Norin. Alex Norin is been playing really well. Now this is a guy who's formerly a top ten golfer. He's kind of fallen off for a while. He hasn't been there, but over the last month or two, he's been playing like a top twenty golfer in the world. I mean, he's in every tournament, um, and he plays tough courses really well. So. I think it was another one of those guys where the stars are aligning for him. And I think he's just, he's kind of like a boring guy, right? No one like gets all that excited about Alex Norin, but I think that's good for betting purposes because he's not going to be a lot of people on him. Probably his ownership will be low enough where at this price, I think he could be a good fit for your lineups. Guys, what are we doing here? <laughs> Let me paint you missed? a picture. Let me paint you a picture. Beautiful day. Absolutely gorgeous day. Mm-hmm. 2006. Phil Mickelson. Got it in the bag. Hits a ball off some tower onto another tower into a parking lot. Quadruple, quintuple bogeys, whatever it is, and loses. You guys didn't even bring him up. You didn't even bring him up. It's the first <laughs> time we're coming back to Wingfoot. Phil is going to be back. He's going to be informed. Neither of you guys are even going to take a single flyer on Phil Mickelson. Joel? I, I have an easy answer for that. And you you answered it for us. If it was 2006, I would yeah. have brought him up, but it's 2020, and it's therefore a Phil's in the rearview mirror. <laughs> it's a couple of years later. See, sell me on it. Come on, give me one lineup with Phil. Mag- you never know, man. You just—it's. I'm. Tell me that's not the greatest story. That's like Tiger at the Masters last year. It would be just as electric. I'm fading Phil Mickelson like I'm fading Brandon Steele at the Safeway Open because, oh, you got to get Brandon Steele in your lineups. Like, no, there's there's no gotta and Brandon Steele that should be involved in any sentence unless there's an additional word. And that word is fade. And I would apply that same logic to Phil Mickelson. He's been awful. So no, thank you. Zero shares. You're wasting your money. Put him in a showdown if you want. Maybe he can be good for one round. Well, promise me this. Justin Thomas, Tiger Woods, Phil Mickelson, one lineup. That's all I'm, I'm doing that, and I'll send it to Just you. One. I'm doing that, and I'll send it to you tonight. Yes. Now, I will say this. I don't know if you guys saw this, but some guy bet an absurd amount of money mm-hmm. yep. on That's Phil to it win. <laughs> I can't remember what the number was or even what the odds are, but it was some ridiculous number, like $76,000 or something. Maybe that's what he'd win. Or, but, yeah, it was, hey, man. Again, it's like Tiger at the Masters last year, walking up to the 18th with his kids there, his girlfriend, I think. I don't really know the whole family dynamic there, but man, how electric would that be? Uh, Phil Mickelson, man, Phil Mickelson. All right, we'll move on from these jokes, I guess. Uh, Sia, we'll go back to you. This 6K range, uh, Joel, as you already said, you're not going to be living here too much. I'm sure there's a couple guys you do like, but Sia, we always know you got your expert, or I'm sorry, you have your secret weapon. We release that every Wednesday night in the expert Discord chat. Make sure to hang out with us, windailysports.com backslash chat. You get a free membership, and you get seven days to our expert chat where you get to chat with Sia, you get to chat with Goal, you get Joel. 
You could talk about <laughs> sports betting. You could talk about matchups, which is where CS has been making a boatload of money recently. And then you also get football, basketball, baseball, and everything else that you have free for seven days. Sia, talk to me a little bit about the 6K range. So I would agree that this is probably a range to avoid. Um, It starts with Shez Revi. I like him. This is another guy that is a very accurate guy off the tee, and he's been playing really well. So it's 6,900. I mean, honestly, I think Shez Revi probably should be in in the low 7,000 range. So he might be mispriced, much like Matt Wolf is mispriced, by the way. Would we be surprised instead of, I think he's 7,700, if Matt Wolf was 8,900 where Fleetwood is? Would we be surprised if he was 8,500 where I believe Adam Scott and Jason Day and like Patrick Reed are? I mean, it, I mean, Morikawa was 10,000. Why can't Matt Wolf be, you know, 1,500 less than that? It doesn't really make sense. So I think Shez Reby probably belongs. I mean, he's definitely not long off the tee, but he probably belongs a little bit higher on this list. Uh, Kevin Streelman at 6,700. He's been really good lately. He's another guy that's very accurate off the tee, but probably uh, he's not very long. So um, I like him at 6,700. And then if we go down the list a little bit, I like Adam Hadwin. Uh, He's been pretty good, and he's good on approach, and he's typically pretty good off the tee. And Tyler Duncan really failed us last week. Uh, He was in a couple lineups that could have made some money that didn't because – he was pretty much awful, probably the, the worst tournament since the restart. But he is pretty good off the tee, and so um, he won't he won't have any ownership. So if you were doing ten lineups, he belongs in one of them. I love it, Joel. Talk to me, couple guys. Yeah, I'm a completely aligned with with Reavy. He's just underpriced. He shouldn't be this low. He's uh he's just a better golfer. The weird thing about him being underpriced is this: Wolf and those guys, they're young, right? They haven't had that much exposure. So pricing them is still relatively new. Reeve's been around. We know who he is, and he's consistent. I mean, he's not a great golfer, no, but he's not bad. I mean, he's consistently above average. So uh, for that reason, I I, I really like Reeve, and I'm going to be playing him a lot this week. He's one of my favorite low-priced plays for this reason. Like we were saying before, he's in good form in that he's been playing really well leading up to this, and he's really good at avoiding bogeys and scrambling and uh, and kind of staying out of trouble. So on a course that's not going to require 30 birdies to win and he can just kind of keep not getting bogeys and stay in the mix, getting a guy in that could potentially be a top 15, 20 guy at this price is, is what you're going to need. So really love Revy for, for lineup building reasons. Um, I'm only going to list a few guys in this range to talk about. One, one second, just talk about Revy. I know last week's tournament was really weird and wacky. We barely had anyone in it, but correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like Ches Revy was like 9,200 last week. I feel like he was very expensive last week. And again, I know that the field's not even the same, but it's crazy that he has that big of a drop. That's just really wacky. Not really. Um, yeah. It's the talent pool. is It's night and day. It, okay. it it makes sense. I mean, I agree he's mispriced, but I mean, mm-hmm. he, he wouldn't, if he was fairly priced, it would be like 7,300. Okay. All right. It, well, it's funny because that, that was actually uh, not on Revy. I was going to bring the same thing up about another golfer in this price range right now. And it's Joel Dahman. Joel Dahman, I know, was priced in mm-hmm. the high nines last week, and now he's 64 and just looking at the discrepancy. But it is for that reason. It's yeah. just a completely different player pool. So the best players in that pool was is is like a seven is Siwoo Kim, who's like a 7,300 here. So mm-hmm. it's just that's just what it is. But um, it's just funny to think about, right? This guy last week would have had to pay that much, and now I'm getting him for 64. It feels good, right? It's like, hey, for that kind of discount. Value, so, man. It's all about value. Part of, so be honest with you, I'm going to play Joel Dahman this week because I love him. He's made me a lot of money, and he's a good golfer. Reasons why you should play him is because he's probably a better golfer than his price tag. Um, however, being honest with you, I love him. I'm 
it's partially a, a personal thing. So don't play him based on that. That's my own personal thing. You shouldn't be doing that. However, I do think he's just underpriced. So share value alone. I think if you have to pick someone down in that price range, he's the guy, one of the guys to target because he's just better than that price. Um, this course is going to be a challenge for him for this reason. He's volatile. Right, he's probably going to blow up one day, and when he does, it's going to be hard to recover because it's not as easy to get the birdies to get you back. So he's probably a better showdown slate type of guy than for, full tournament. But a few shares definitely will be well, I'll have of him uh, this week. Uh, the two other guys in this range that I want to mention, um, Jason Cockrack. He's, you know, from a course fit perspective, um, one, it's just fun to say his name, so it's always going to get some guys who are <laughs> good you. names in your lineup. Uh, but two, from a course fit perspective, he gets the ball out there nice and long. Um, you know, it's, again, because that's the kind of the topic of this segment, I think he's a little underpriced. It's close. He probably should be in the low sevens, and he's in the highs. So it's not a big discrepancy, but I just think he's better than he's getting credit for it, and he's playing well. So he's definitely someone to target in this range. And then I'm gonna now I'm gonna throw out one that's like kind of out of left field that. No one's probably ever heard of, and he's a 6,100 cost. But if you have to, if you're if you have a lineup where like you absolutely love five guys and you have to fit someone in at 6,100, that's the reason to play him. Don't play this guy just because you think he's going to be good. But if, if you're one of those where like I love five guys, I just need to figure out maybe one guy that can get me in there. Um, he's an amateur. He's the number one ranked amateur in the world. His name is Takumi Kanaya. Uh, I hope I said it right. He's an amateur. So I barely know him, but I know he's the number one ranked amateur in the world. He has three top five finishes in his last three tournaments. Uh, and so if you figure this is an up-and-coming guy that maybe not a lot of people heard of, but, you know, he can obviously is a good golfer. He's the number one ranked amateur in the world. Maybe you throw him into a lineup and he can play well and uh, he can kind of round out. If you want to get a couple of those top guys like Rom or Thomas in there and throw him at the bottom, that, that might be able to work out in a GPP. I love it. Everybody roots for those amateurs, right? And it's always great. I think what we're on CBS this year, if I'm not mistaken, or is it back on NBC? I don't know. It feels like it changes every round, but it's always fun. You know, those last couple of days, them checking in and it's just like, oh, everyone's like, you know, minus eight, minus nine. It's like, look at these amateurs. They're doing great. It's like plus only, only plus six. They made the cut. It's like, great job, guys. But that is fun. That is fun. And I don't think you're going to get that information too many other places. So we appreciate you there, Joel. So that is our DFS breakdown for the US Open. But don't worry. We're not going anywhere. This is the fun part now. Now we get to talk about betting. Now we get to talk about 30 to 1 and 60 to 1 and 5 million to 1. So I can just put a bunch of single dollars on all these guys and hopefully one of them hits. Sia, what do you want to start with? We want to start with uh, just outrights first and then we'll move to uh, those first round leaders. And then to some head-to-head matchups. Yeah, I'll, I'll start with the outrights. By the way, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention uh, Ben Hunt on. He's in that 6,000 range. Mm-hmm. Um, he can be a little erratic like anybody in that 6K range. But if you look at his track record over the last three, um, I think he was 22nd at the PGA. He missed the cut at the Northern Trust. And then his tournament after that, I, I can't remember which one it was right now, but I think he finished like 16th or 14th. So he's in really good form. And honestly, you know, again, maybe a better showdown play than an all- all-around tournament play. But he'll definitely be in a couple of my lines. If I make 20, he'll definitely be in in one or two for sure just fyi okay so outrights i'm going to start with the guy that we sort of pumped up from the beginning of the show daniel berger 33 to 1 i think is a fair price on daniel berger and i think he is one of the top six to eight golfers in the country so i don't have and maybe he's probably on the back end of that don't get me wrong he's probably closer to eight than he is to one of course but i'll I'll take 33 to 1 odds on on a guy like that um adam scott at 50 to 1 
I'm not in love with that one, but that's just when I was first looking, that that was one I was um, gravitating to. Matthew Wolf, I know Joel's probably on this one as well. This is DraftKings Sportsbook. He's 80 to 1. Plenty of value there. And then if we're going to go into the, the triple-digit range, a few guys that I like as outrights that maybe I don't have in, as many shares in DraftKings, but I like as outrights because if they put their game together, that big if, the ifs and maybes, um, they can outright win this thing. And uh, that's Abraham Answer at 100 to 1. And then if we're really going to get cute here, Kevin Streelman at 150 to 1. And then if we're going to go bonkers, Adam Hadwin at 225 to 1. And that's it. That rounds it out. Mr. Hadwin's getting at least a dollar from me. I'll, I'll uh, be very honest <laughs> about that one. 250 to 1. Come on. Put a single dollar on it, people. It's fun. That's why we do this. It's a dollar. Joel, what do you got for those first round leaders? Yeah. While I go through this, the first thing I want to say a fun exercise, if you guys don't have never done this before or are new to this, um, going both ways, I do this. Look at the leaderboards and what their odds are, right? And then compare it to their DraftKings prices, right? So if you see a discrepancy where somebody's odds are way higher than their price, maybe it's a good idea to play them because there's missing something, right? And then vice versa, right? If you see where, you know, someone's DraftKings price is way high, but their odds are way low, so it doesn't add up. It's like, all right, well, maybe I'm getting some good odds here, so I'll play them. So I look for things like that and see if I can find a gap, and then that's where I'll either target my bets or vice versa. I'll target guys mm-hmm. I'm betting on in DraftKings. So um i did a lot of that this week so a lot of the guys that i'm going to mention here you've already heard me talk about in the dfs world but i'll just kind of mention the bets i love wolf um one thing i will say especially on guys you love who aren't like the top 20 guys you know yeah it's fun to put 20 bucks or something on them to win the tournament five bucks dollar like michael said right just have some action on it but if you're really going to put some real money, like I wouldn't recommend putting like a serious bet, like the same unit you'd put on a football game on being a golfer to win a golf tournament. Like that's insane. But what I, what you can do is bet top 30, bet top 40, right? Like that's way more reasonable. And like your guy, as long as he plays well, right. Should be able to get in it. And you're still getting pretty good plus odds, right? Like if you think about it this way, um, so yeah, I don't, this is not to ruffle your feathers, but I know this is going to, what was the odds of the, of the Redskins game coming into the week? Well, they were plus six and a half when I got it, but they were plus six when the line closed. So the, money, the line, money line, yeah. it's a good question. I, I'm guessing Michael, I don't know if you can do the math there. I'm guessing they were like plus 240 or something. Yeah, just I think guess. it was close to 250, if not a little bit higher. So that sounds about right. And so listen, they won the game. They played great for the end of the day, right? They were going into the year expected to be one of the bottom teams. They were not expected with that. That's a pretty big dog for the NFL, right? So if you're getting plus 250 money line and you hit that, you're pretty happy about that win. Well, now you start looking at what golfers you can get in a top 30 bet or a top mm-hmm. 40 bet at that same range. And, like, they're pretty reasonable, right? So from that perspective, it's a good bet to target, right? If you're telling me it's the same as betting the Washington to win money line over the Eagles, you get those same odds on a guy just finishing top 40. So – some of those guys that are in that top 40 range to look at um, that will get you the between 200, um, between two and 400 are guys that we've already mentioned, right? So Joel Dahman, right? Uh, not great, but he's someone that can get you there. Siwoo Kim, uh, plus 163. Uh, Eric Van Ruyen, who's you know a good golfer, someone I could definitely see in a top 40 bet. Tom Lewis. So Tom Lewis is one of those that I was mentioning before where his price doesn't match the odds, right? All the guys ahead of him in odds were of a lower DraftKings price. So I'm like, all right, well, Tom Lewis has a higher DraftKings price. He's expected better. Maybe I can get some some um, value by taking him at plus 300. So those are the, the types of bets that I'm looking to make when I come down here is let me see something that's more reasonable to hit, like a top 40, 
and then let me say you know what where the prices are and, and what makes sense so someone like tom lewis um certainly ches ravy um those are the guys that i'm targeting here i love it you know what i want you to do now joel try and pick out like all the top 40 winners see if your book will let you parlay them together because that's how we're getting real plus odds there that's how we're making real money bud and just a dollar you just got to put one dollar on at that point DraftKings won't let you i've already tried (laughs) (laughs) of course you have of course buddy of course i mean you have enough bankroll at this point i hope you tried everything so um all right let's get to let's get to the fun stuff i know we all love showdowns that's where joel makes his bread and butter see you love those uh first round leaders let's get to those now talk to me a little bit how are we looking at this i mean we talked about a couple of them already i'm assuming but how are you feeling for those first round leaders sorry you caught me daydreaming about opening my phone app and seeing what joel sees sometimes which is like you know like that that big trophy like after you they, they've basically mm-hmm. given you the money it's like you've won one hundred and fifty thousand dollars, <laughs> and like and, or, or whatever the one time where joel won fifty thousand and he was pissed because rom got completely mm-hmm. robbed on like a ridiculous penalty like i don't even know what my range of emotions would be like i just mm-hmm. lost 150 i want like that's a whole that's a whole nother show I, do you want to comment yeah. on that joel I, what was what was your first thought knowing that you had lost the 200 well i will say and uh a, a writer who wrote about the loss said it first, so I'm taking his line, but Rom didn't get screwed at all. Rom won the tournament. Nothing that didn't affect Rom. That affected me way more than that affected him. He didn't lose $150,000. I lost $150,000. He still won the tournament. So, and the guys, he said, like, the biggest effect that that penalty had was on me. That was who it affected more than anyone in the world. So, from that standpoint, listen. Yes, that sucks. I would much rather have two hundred thousand dollars in my bank account, but, but I'm a glass half full guy. And what it did get me is here with you guys. Um, I'm, you know, on this show. You know, it, 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 you know, there was other opportunities that it brought on. So, uh, yes, I would take the hundred fifty thousand dollars any day of the week, but you know, it wasn't all negative. See, so yeah, I think Joel just told us we're worth at least seventy five thousand each. That's kind of what I heard from that. <laughs> well, so I was doing the quick math, and if we're just gonna do like a ratio, like pie chart, I was thinking I was more in like the seventy five percent of that range, and you were in the twenty five percent. But I, I'm speculating completely. How, how about you can be a hundred, I can be fifty. Does that sound fair? Okay, yeah, sixty six yeah. and a third. Yeah. All right, yeah, yeah, yeah I'll yeah. take that. That's cool. You're not angry about that, All right. right? Come on, please. Sixty six anyway. and two thirds. Sorry. Um, so what? anyway, okay. Go ahead, Joel. <laughs> I was gonna say if 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 the Tiger and JT lineup comes through this weekend, and Phil. we can start. We can start. No, I'm doing the film. I'm doing it. <laughs> Love it. There we go. Let's go, Phil Mickelson. I'm gonna put a. What's what are his odds? I'm gonna put a dollar on him. Don't even tell me. I don't even want to know. I'm just gonna put a dollar on him. If you're gonna do that, just do first round leader because there's no way. Like it's literally <laughs> an impossibility that he wins this tournament. Actually impossible. Nick told me it was impossible that the Cardinals were gonna lose win this weekend. He also told me it was impossible that the Jaguars gonna we're gonna we're gonna win this weekend. The impossible happened. Lightning strikes twice. Gardner mentioned magic. Jags was a surprise. And the Cardinals, they they play well against the Niners. Last year is good evidence of that. Um, Okay, so here we go. First round leaders. Um, Daniel Berger at 40 to 1. And not as long as I normally like to go. Harris English, a guy that I'm not really on in DFS. I mean, I will have a couple shares. But, you know, he can come out firing. There's pretty good empirical data supporting that. Uh, At 66 to 1, I think that's a good price. Louis O, when he he really plays these tough courses well – 
it's usually like from the start and all of a sudden you look up and it's, you know, you know, he's on hole 17. It's like 1230 in the afternoon and he's seven under or something, which of course won't happen here. But at 66 to one, that's pretty good value. And then those super long shots, Streelman at 90 to one. I've mentioned him and Adam Hadwin at 125 to one. Love it. Why are burgers odds better for the whole tournament than just the first round? That's weird, right? Not really. It, no? it happens a good amount of time. Um, in, in this particular case, they're thinking Berger's sample size over four rounds is going to be better than the first round. Or Makes excuse sense. me, his score over four rounds is going to be better than what it might be in the first round. Makes sense. Makes so sense. What you'll, what you'll see for every tournament is the way that usually works is the lower odds you have, the high like, to win the tournament, the slightly higher it will be for you to be in the first round because there's a higher likelihood that you could be the best player for one day than four, mm-hmm. and then vice versa, right? The best players will be the other way around because the Makes likelihood sense. is they'll be the best over four days, but over one day it's more volatile. So um, yeah. that's kind of the how it, how it mm-hmm. lines up each week, and you'll see that. So um, my first round leader looks at, and you know, I don't have. The, as strong of a conviction play like I did HV3 a couple of weeks ago where we, we actually hit it. Um, but the guys I'm targeting, and I, I put it this way because they're... It reminds, they're me, strong. Of, well, it reminds me of RG3, you know. Uh, just, yeah, only 55 minutes. Yeah, I'm surprised, honestly. Anyway, sorry, Joel, thanks oh, for that. Carry on, uh, I apologize. No, so the, the, the guys that are kind of guys that I like that, you know, maybe I'm not going to be as high on to win over four rounds, but are going to do well and it can maybe get me there for one day. So what I'm going to be targeting is Alex Noren. Uh, I'm going to be playing him a few different ways. Definitely a top 40 and top 30 bet. Um, I'll probably be taking him on a first round leader bet. I'm definitely going to be playing him in matchup. So he's a guy I just like to bet that I just like him in, in different betting ways uh, this week. Um, another guy for first round leader that I want to look at uh, is Kevin Nah. So Kevin Nah, I don't, I don't, like Kevin uh, for uh, for four days. No way. No, thank you. But for one day, I do. So for first round leader, yes, and definitely showdown. So when you're building showdown lineups, like keep not le- – if he comes out on the first two days and is just atrocious, then fade that. Don't don't keep playing it. But, like, if he's hanging in there, I, there is a day that Kevin Knock can easily get you, a, you know, three or four under, which here will be awesome. So um, I definitely like Kevin Knock for a first round leader bet. And one of the first round leader, but I want to target, and this one I want to make a little bit more realistic, kind of toward the top, is Rory, uh, because I think I can see Rory coming out hot, and like you know, the buzz being Rory's back, he's gonna win the tournament, and then kind of probably fade and maybe not win the whole tournament, not by the other four days. But I, you know, coming to that, there's a lot about Rory this week that just kind of tells you I think he's gonna come out hot. I don't know if he's necessarily gonna win the tournament, but I, I have a good feeling about him starting strong. So I'm gonna put a little bit on him to um, to be the first round leader. But there's an interesting thing that DraftKings is the first time I've seen where they're giving you an option to bet on top 20 first round. So if you want to just take someone to finish in the top 20 after the first round, you can do that. And so that's where even if like like I was saying before, if you want to have some fun gambling, you can try and 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 place you know some guys you like in the top 20. Those are more reasonable bets that can actually happen. So if you want to put a couple of shackles um, on that, then I think that's a that's a more fun way to do it because now you don't have to rely on him. You know, listen, you finish in fifth, you made a great bet, and at least you stole in money. And you still win money. Yeah, there's a lot of different ways to bet on golf. Uh, And it just seems to, they keep coming up with more and more and more ways, which is kind of cool. I think it's good for the sport. I think a lot of people have fun with it as we're seeing again. You don't 
we highly suggest you do not put a single unit on any of these golfers to win a tournament. If you do, shout out to you, man. I want you to win all of it. Believe me. But that's insane, right? Like, that's just absolutely absurd. That's why I, I make the joke, but I legitimately just put a dollar on all these and kind of cross my fingers. I mean, at that point, it's 10 bucks. If I hit one of them, I make all my money and then some back. So it really doesn't matter. It's so much fun. Sometimes it's very quickly out of the way. Other times, you know, hey, it's fun. What do you got, Joel? I was going to say that is 100% like the way to bet golf, like 100% because go into it, whatever bet you make with golf, as much as knowledge as you think you have, it's a crapshoot, right? You can't predict one out of a hundred guys to win with a ton of confidence. So like, listen, like, like, like Michael says, you put 10 bucks out there, whatever you lose 10 bucks, no big deal. But if you hit and you makes it into like 200 bucks, like the fe- the feeling that you won is still going to be high. You're still feeling that you went to it. You're like, you don't need to have the huge money. You're still going to be stoked that you hit that bet that you bet on early. The fact, yeah, you'll probably regret a little bit that you bet one dollar only on it. Yeah. But that's that. That is the other not, side of it. It's like, what if I put three dollars on this guy at one hundred twenty-five to one? That would have been pretty cool. But exactly, it is what it is. And one thing that you said, yes, it is difficult. We do. It is hard to have an absurd amount of conviction on one guy against the field. But one place we know that C is pretty damn good. It's one guy versus another. Now, I didn't see Jordan Spieth's name, I don't think, unless we just totally skipped over him. So I don't know if that's a guy that we're trying to uh, play against. But Sia, talk to us about some of these matchup bets that you've been hammering recently. Yeah, that's a good question. I, I did. I, I must have skipped over Spieth too. I'm sure he's in a matchup that I just glossed over. So to be really clear, where I'm really hitting the matchups is mid-tournament when it's just the 18-hole sample size, usually on a Friday or a Saturday. That's when I'm really just like destroying it. And <clears throat> I, I was hitting at 100% rate last weekend. The weekend before that, it was like 80%. I mean, it was crazy. But the point is, the the head-to-head over 72 holes, I don't love as much as you know the the Saturday or just the Friday, whatever. But with that said, I've got three that I that I kind of like that I that I would be willing to recommend. By the way, when you were talking about first round leaders, Joel, for some reason I was reminded of Danny Lee. Danny Lee is 150 to one as a first round leader, and I actually don't mind him in a showdown slate, not over four rounds, kind of like Kevin Na, but in a showdown slate, he's actually been pretty good lately, and he's just one of those names that when people are going through the roster of names, like it doesn't even register that Danny Lee is, is even in the tournament. So just throwing that out there, but head to head, I like Rom over DJ. I really do. I think Rom is going to outplay DJ and I don't even think it's going to be, I don't want to say, I don't think it's going to be that close. Cause obviously they have a ton of upside to both of them, but I'm going to break news right now. Are you guys ready for this? Well, this yeah. is crazy. Are you ready? looks like you guys are sitting down, but just for the sake of safety, I want to make sure you're actually sitting down. I need like a thumbs up or, sitting down okay i got a thumbs up all right dustin johnson are you ready dustin johnson the fedex cup winner 2020 is going to miss the cut at the u.s open boom there it is wow wow i know i want to clarify for everybody listening that's not technically breaking news but i do love i love the way you set that up that was oh no it's breaking news it's gonna happen yes that's called conviction michael Yes, conviction. I'll give you that. But I, oh man, yeah, I thought you were actually going to break some news. You were looking at your laptop. I was like, holy shit, what do, are we going to do this? This is going to be awesome. But this is still awesome. I still like it. I still like it. Okay. Yeah, it's talk to me. In, talk to me in forty-eight or seventy-two hours, and and we'll talk about whether I broke news or not. Go ahead, Joel. Well, see, that is a. I'm pretty sure that is a bet that you can place. Are you going to place it? Well, on my site because I don't use DraftKings because I'm not allowed. Um, technically, okay. I guess I'm not allowed to use my site, but I don't think that's offered. Those are those are sort of never offered on on the site I'm using um, okay. that I use for for fun. 
only, obviously, yeah, well, not for real money. You just like to look at the lines because we talk about betting. I mean, it's yeah, know, it's called make... preparation. Hi. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay, so I like that one quite a bit. Um, Streelman over Domin. I know we like Domin, but uh, uh, over four days, I think he's more prone to the big blow up versus a Kevin Streelman, who I think is more of like. A, a safe type play. Now, don't get me wrong. Domin's good off the tee, you know, it, it, just like Streelman is. He's, he's pretty good with accurate drivers and things of that nature. But I've just seen him blow up. And just when he blows up, it's a complete disaster. So that's sort of the angle there. And I like Berger over Decky. I like both of those guys, but I'm getting Berger at like minus 118 on DraftKings. Uh, I like that one. Those are the three uh, head-to-head matchups I like so far. Again, mid-tournament, it'll be a different story. Mid tournament, yes, I will make sure to check in with Sia. And I am currently just I'm looking for those lines, Joel. I don't know where we I can found find it. them. Yeah, where, where I is found it? it. How far down is it? It's you gotta go. Uh, if you're on, I'm on the website, so oh, it's, I'm on my phone. It's tournament lines, matchups, and then there's a whole section called Make oh, Miss yeah. Cut. I see it. Um, and Dustin Johnson is plus 500. That's a dollar. That is a dollar bet. See, that's what I'm that's, talking about. See, originally when you said it, I was like, I don't like that. But at plus 500, I kind of like it. That's a less pretty good odds. That's huge odds. And I can see it. I mean, listen, Dustin Johnson, We saw what happened very early on in the summer, he blew up. He looked terrible. And everyone was off of him. And that can easily happen again. I mean, it's golf, right? It's, you know, plus 500 to miss a cut is in this kind of a field. I think that's good odds. I, I might. I'm probably gonna put a couple dollars on that. <laughs> I mean, I mean. Listen, <laughs> wait, wait. See, did you see kind of the wheels spinning and yes. him being like, "Wait a yes. second, wait, no, actually, yeah, man, I'm okay." That was just really awesome, just kind of watching you go through the motions to completely talk yourself into this. But hey, see, I said it with such conviction, man. I'm gonna bet it with you. I have to at yeah. this point. So here's the deal: you put you put three bucks on that, Michael. Just you you put three bucks on it. What is that? That's fifteen bucks, and you roll that fifteen spot into first round leader next week, and suddenly you've got like two k because you took the right guy that we oh, recommended. Yeah. Look Boom. at that, everybody! And that's how you make money with the Win Daily Sports <laughs> family, right there. That's very realistic. Like. Yeah, it's oh, a very, very realistic possibility. Hey, we hit HV three, man. <laughs> Anything's possible at this point. Why not? Um, is that it? I think that's it. I think we got Joel. Do you have any matchups or? Yeah. So I, to be honest with you, I didn't have any coming into the call, but as we were kind of talking about, it, I was looking at it. I saw a bunch that I liked. So I'll just kind of throw a couple out there. Um, I like Patrick Reed over Patrick Cantlay. So in a battle of Patrick's, yes. you have to, you, you have to go with the Reed of the two. Um, no, I just think Cantlay's just been not playing well. Um, so this is more of a fade on Cantlay and Reed's pretty consistent. Like, you know, he never he he won't blow up on you. Like, I would love I'll take Reed to make the cut every time. Like, he might not give you a top ten, but he's top thirty for sure. So, from that standpoint, I really like Reed in matchups. Um, I like Morikawa over Bryson. I, the guy we're looking at now, that's Bryson versus the guy that we saw um, early in the summer, are two different people. And this Bryson just not that good. I mean, he's he's kind of all over the place. Um, and in a course like this, you can't be all over the place because it's going to really – I don't think he's going to make the cut. That's another one. I'm, I'm with – I would bet him not to make the cut either because check the as line. soon as he – Check it right now. Okay. Okay. Hold to. on. Hold on. By the way, Wait, while he's what? checking, uh, Martin Keimer is the matchup against Spieth and Keimer's plus 100. I like Keimer there. And I'm like being serious. That's not just <laughs> a like Spieth sucks thing because – he. I mean obviously he does. But he like sucks, yeah. Keimer – 
Keimer is one of those guys from a DFS standpoint that people were kind of talking about early in the week. I do think he has the game here to be like pretty decent and Spieth is Spieth. I, I think you're at a plus price. I mean, that feels like kind of a no doubter to me. Love it. To be honest, I don't know much about Keimer, but I've also been seeing people talk about him this week. I don't really know why, but yes, he has been popping for, for some reason. So, um, yeah, I mean, if you just hate Spieth, then yeah, that's that's probably a good play. <laughs> it could have been um, it could have been Martin Short, and I would have taken it. <laughs> I found Dijambo is is plus two forty to miss the cut. Ooh. Okay, another good bet. That's another good I bet. It's like betting on the Redskins to beat the Eagles. I like that. I'll take that's that. True. Yeah. Once you put it in those odds, or once you put it in those that kind of context, it's, yeah. I mean, like, shoot, why not? Then you can start yeah. using those real units we were talking about. I mean, shit. Yeah. At that point, why not? Is Bryson missing his right tackle, right guard, all receiver, and running back? I'm surprised. <laughs> he kind of is. If, if you're carrying out the metaphor, he kind of is. Well, he, uh, Bryson's more like added a bunch of people with his steroids that he's been taking over hey, the last year. <laughs> Come on now. Stop Fair, it. Alleg- allegedly. Yes, now. He's called muscle milk. <laughs> muscle. Um, just creatine, right? It's just creatine. Yeah, I mean – if I could hit the ball 60 yards further, I'd do it too. Um, so I think from from a Masters point, the one other matchup I looked at, and admittedly, I think it's just because I'm a fan and it's not probably because of statistics, but um, something that's jumping off the page at me is Tiger over Kushar. I love Tiger, and you know, it just doesn't make sense to waste your money betting him to win tournaments at this point. He's just too old. But like, he has been making cuts. He hasn't missed a cut. He has been competing, and like, his actual statistics, like ball striking numbers, have been really strong. So I just think Matt Kushar is average at best. So if you get anything out of Tiger, like you should be able to beat him in a head-to-head matchup. Yeah, Kuchar's been straight up bad lately, so I don't mind that yeah. one at all. Yeah. There we go. We're making money everywhere, hand over fist. As we just said, put $3 on DJ to not make the cut. Then you're going to take that 15 You're going to turn it into two k next week. So everybody listening – Make sure to come back next week because we just won you $2,000. You just have to listen. That's all you have to do. So uh, we have Sia here. We have Joel Sia. You said a couple disparaging things about Philadelphia. So you uh, checked that box off my Um, list. Did anyone see the um, Josh Allen on the run throw to John Brown? Oh, God, that was bad, dude. I mean, wow. Yeah. I wanted to go back to that old tweet where Fauci threw the pitch and I made the Josh Allen joke and just like – Kind of talk to all the haters because wow, I mean, just wow. Hey man, first time throwing over three hundred darts, so <laughs> haters gonna hate, I guess. But I mean, you know. he, he threw that ball over three hundred yards, and John Brown was like standing <laughs> next to him, over three hundred yards over his head. Yeah, right. <laughs> hey, he has a rocket arm, and you don't forget that. Um, thank you for that, Bills fans. You are now angry, at, and and Sia, where where can you talk to these people online? Because I've noticed you've been gaining some followers. I think it is all this sauce you've been talking recently. Uh, I don't know. Uh, it's uh, it's at Sia Najad, S-I-A-N-E-J-A-D. So check me out. Love it, love it, love it. Joel, where can everybody find you? I'm at Draftmaster Flex. Draftmaster Flex. Both of these gentlemen are hanging out in our expert Discord chat. As I said before, windailysports.com backslash chat. Seven days free of our expert chat, which means you get Thursday night football, you get all day Sunday, you get Monday night football, you get the next tournament as well because we start talking about that stuff a couple days early as you're hearing. So we'll make you a lot of money. Make sure to come back next week to turn that $15 into $2,000. I am at Michael Raziel one Please follow us at Sports. For Sia, for Joel, for myself, for the rest of the Windy Daily Sports family, 
We hope you make it a very profitable U.S. Open. DJ's going to miss the cut. <laughs>